Everybody, welcome to Retail Nightmares Podcast. I'm your co-ghost, <laughs> Alicia Tobin. I'm here with my other co-ghost, Jessica Delisle. Hello, hello. We have a very special guest today: a comedian, activist, handsome fellow, Sean Devlin. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Are you a tiny forest creature? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> If if you were in the forest and you were an animal, what animal would you be? Definitely a rabbit. A rabbit, nice. yeah. It's cool animals. They're beautiful. Have you ever had a pet rabbit? I have. Really? Uh, <laughs> it actually is part of the story that I want to tell. Oh. Do you want to wait? Yeah, let's wait. We'll okay. build some suspense. Save it. Okay. Save it for the suspense. No, I just want to know about this rabbit story. I focus. So I know you from doing comedy. And some work that you've done, which is really cool, uh, for Shit Harper did. He's gone. He was the Prime Minister of Canada for our not-Canadian listeners. He is a horrible man. And uh, Sean did these great things to get him not reelected. Do you feel proud about that? I feel, yeah, proud about those, um, <laughs> lot, lots of people involved in it. Yeah. And now he's gone. Do you ever worry something worse is going to replace him? Oh, I I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I think about. Oh, okay. I'll start thinking about that now. All right. (laughs) Now we're all stressed out. (laughs) No. Sean will just have to deal with that too. Good work, Sean. (laughs) Make a a website about it. Um, It'll go away eventually. (laughs) (laughs) And you've worked in customer service jobs before? Yeah. uh, So for the past seven years or so, most of my work was in the nonprofit sector. There's um, never any dysfunction there. Never any dysfunction, no. <laughs> Especially when you try to create your own nonprofit with no experience or organizational savvy. Sure. No one needs that. Um, and But prior to that, I did a lot of sales work, salesman-like work, um, in very precarious settings. Like on a, on a staircase or <laughs> on the edge of a cliff? <laughs> Um, uh, oh, nice, uh, a seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> often uh, over Craigslist, Ooh. meeting um, questionable individuals. What um, were you selling? Um, I've 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 sold um, mops, uh, vacuum cleaners, um, batteries. Wow! I'm not going <laughs> to talk about same, any of that. On All Craigslist. The same people? Um, no, always different. Were you just opening up your cupboard? <laughs> <laughs> Got a mop. Yeah. Very battery. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I tried to think about what my greatest retail nightmare is. And it's actually uh, a story of a, a retail job that lasted a little over a year that when it started, I thought it was a dream. And then in what I believe to be a comical fashion, uh, it took me a year to realize how much of a nightmare it was. Did it feel like a dream because it had dreamlike qualities? Was there something about the work that seemed surreal or was everything made of cotton candy? Um, <laughs> but you're also fucking it. <laughs> it was so definitely... Soft. <laughs> so soft. It was definitely surreal. And I think I was quite young and I'm I'm still naive. So I guess I was even more naive then. 
Sure. Yeah. And that's a, that's a usually a recipe for disaster. First yeah. jobs, not knowing rules and regulations, laws. What type of job was it? Um, so it, it was a place in, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say a lot of the names sure. of people or places for reasons that I feel will be clear by the end. <laughs> uh, but it was a, a place in the downtown east side in Gastown uh, that was an old theater where I was producing comedy shows. And um, this place was a theater slash deli slash a video store. This was about 11 years ago. It would have to have been. Yeah. Because no one likes delis anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been producing comedy shows there, and it seemed like the owner needed some help. And uh, he told me, I think I'm just going to refer to him as the, the dirty man. Um, <laughs> he told me that um, I could work there and uh, that if I worked there, I could also uh, live there and eat there for free. Whoa. Oh, you're like a kept man. You were yeah. like a bodega cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bodega cats of Instagram, Sean Devlin. Well, I'd also heard this term, um, indentured servitude. <laughs> uh, right. That seems more accurate. <laughs> I, but I didn't really know until about seven or eight years later what it meant. And I don't think it was as harsh as all that. But um, I think he definitely knew that term quite well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I took this job and moved in. And I was allowed to uh, live in what used to be the projection booth okay. of this old movie theater. So no windows. No windows. That's not good. Um, and I just put my futon there. And um, this man who ran the place, he was about 40. And his claim to fame was that he had organized one of the most successful raves in BC history. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him so much. I hate him. <laughs> um, and uh, like, like a rave where apparently about 50,000 people showed up. And uh, he did this for a few years, and um, whenever you met him, uh, a lot of the comedians that performed there had this experience. The first time you met him, he would always name drop the group D-Light. <laughs> Pretty cool. And tell you a long-winded story about picking them up from the airport <laughs> to take them to a field in Chilliwack. Wow. Um, so corn. exclusive. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, you took them to a corn maze. <laughs> They're still there. And uh, so that's what he was like. He also uh, did a lot of cocaine. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. you did call him the dirty man. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've never, I've never, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he, he was, he was kind of mean. Um, uh, Matt Groening, the, the man who created the Simpsons, yeah. he said that he used to think that doing cocaine made you an asshole. And then through time, he realized that assholes do cocaine. Right. <laughs> and I don't think that's necessarily true. It's obviously a generalization and there are exceptions to the rule. But this dirty man was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, if someone is doing it, you know, that's like the thing that they do. I think this, the, the rates are probably pretty high that they started out as an asshole. Mm -hmm. And they found something that uh, allows that to really shine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it brought it brought it out of him um and which is which is not a great quality for a man running um a, a business so many businesses in one yeah and, <laughs> and it's all about customer relationships um and so th there was him and then um he also had a 
a very uh, aggressive pit bull um, who who also lived there uh, for free, and, uh, <laughs> and he, he he the dirty man used to uh, dress up. He would he would dress up in a parka and take his pit bull into the alley and um, and impersonate um, the the way that some of the residents of the downtown east side walk, and he would harass his pit bull in order to train it to be aggressive to certain residents of the downtown east side. Wow. I can say, well, from the goosebumps on my arm, this may be one of the best of the stories of the worst bosses we've ever had. Yeah. This already. This dirty man. This horrible man. It's uh, real gross. <laughs> so yeah, I moved into the projection booth with my futon and uh, my my two pet rabbits. Um, they were named Acorn and Nico. Um, and I don't know if you know this about rabbits, but um, rabbits sometimes uh, fall in love at first sight. And this happened with them. I got them at the rabbit rescue from a nice lady in New Westminster. And it was when I had, was in a relationship and then we broke up and then I was out on my own and... So, yeah, I was in this toxic environment with these rabbits and the pit bull. And the, the pit bull was very interested in the rabbits. Right. In, in Probably a, to hunt, right? To hunt, yeah. Oh, boy. So the pit bull would usually hang out um, at the bottom of the ladder that led up to the projection booth where my rabbits were living. But the one bit of common ground that they shared was... Um, at the end of the day, I would always um, chop up a bunch of carrots from the deli <laughs> and feed them to my rabbits. Um, and the pit bull also ate carrots, um, mm. but you had to um, soak them in cow blood. What? <laughs> yeah, so and this was the dirty man taught me this trick. <laughs> Why would he even bother? Um, because, because the pit bull really liked the blood, and it was a way of tricking the pit bull to eat vegetables. Oh, man. Wow. That's not really the way dogs work. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so this was a, a struggling business. Um, and struggling, a, struggling man. Struggling man. Uh, the business was trying to be a lot of things at once. And, um, mostly in the day I made, um, sandwiches. Yeah. And soup, um, and served coffee and then, um, rented DVDs. Um, wow. Yeah, so it was a few different Sounds things. Sounds like a terrible business. <laughs> yeah, it was It was not well thought through. I just imagine you'd get mixed up on a really busy day and rent someone out a <laughs> slice of ham in a DVD <laughs> box by accident. You're like, this is the worst sandwich ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't going so well. And, <laughs> and, um, he, and he was still doing a lot of cocaine, I'm going to guess. He was doing a lot of cocaine. He lived above this place, so I wouldn't see him a lot of time. And, um, and, and then what I, what was revealed to me after a while was that, um, in his years of running this very successful rave, um, (laughs) he, he, he got to know a lot of, uh, criminals because I guess drugs, yeah, the drugs, (laughs) when you organize a party that big, um, criminals, I'm not going to name any of the affiliations, but just criminal interests probably the usual suspects the usuals yeah the usual ones. kevin spacey yeah yeah kevin spacey <laughs> the pink man. benicio del toro yeah <laughs> so these men would come to the deli and um and they would um eat and just sort of hang around um and th- there was one man who was um very large he was 
one of the largest men I'd ever seen. Um, and he was training to be an MMA fighter. And uh, he would always come around with a cane because his, his knee was broken, mm-hmm. um, which somehow made it scarier. And um, <laughs> he seemed to know a lot about um, um, meats. <laughs> and uh, so he would, he would always tell me how to make the sandwich in this way that made me very uncomfortable. And then... Um, like an essential way? <laughs> yeah, actually very central because eventually what happened was... Um, he would come around behind the counter oh. and then in a sort of, um, uh, like that movie, uh, uh, ghost. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I was sculpt the meat from behind. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, uh, Demi Moore and, um, what was the, clay? He, the, the clay was, uh, a meat slicer and a bunch of capicoli <laughs> and, and he would stand behind me like Patrick Swayze and, and literally wrap his arms around me. Um, and show me how to slice the meat uh, just just finely enough. Um, so scary. Yeah, a bit scary. But then he would tip me like $20, <sighs> which was very confusing because I liked that. Yeah, but you didn't like the other part. But what I, did it? But you started like, to associate probably the tip with the other part. Yeah, I, I felt like I, I had to do conditioning. That. Yeah, he was conditioning me, yeah. much as the the dirty man had conditioned his dog. Yeah, um, blood soaked carrots. <laughs> it's the craziest thing to feed all a dogs dog. love. Just basic carrots. You don't have to soak yeah. them in blood to get a dog to they eat love the carrots. vegetables. Oh, I, I never even tried just the carrots. <laughs> we for sure would just have eaten the carrots. Oh, yeah, I never had a dog growing up. Um, okay, well. I'm sorry. Next time. <laughs> I'm sorry to reveal that. Yeah. So he's helping you slice the meat. He's helping me slice the meat. Um, the large fighter. fighter. Just being around guys like that, generally speaking. My apologies to the, my one friend who does MMA fighting, who's not like this. Not a good vibe. Not a great energy. Doesn't seem not too like positive. Surrounded by pure white light. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I mean certainly he was he was a regular customer, but um, he wasn't paying, so it didn't really help except mm. the tips, which I got to keep. Yeah. But it didn't help the business, which uh, continued continued to struggle. Right. Yeah, so this went on for s- several months. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then at a certain point, this this uh, older man started to come in. And I kind of liked his energy. And, and then he started to hang out at night when we were closing. And it seemed that he knew uh, the dirty man. And... Um, <laughs> and this man's name was uh, Brian, uh, and so Brian would hang around, and he, he seemed very wealthy. Right. And um, and then after this happened for a few weeks, uh, the dirty man took me aside, and he said, um, "What, what do you think of Brian?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, Brian seems nice and old and wealthy." <laughs> and he said, "Well, yeah, Brian's thinking of uh, investing in the business." And I said, "Oh, that's." That's great. Um, <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, Brian is also interested in um, having you do some work on his yacht. Oof. And I, I'd never been on a, I, I've still never been on a yacht. Um, <laughs> and so I thought, oh, okay, that's neat. And maybe he'll pay me. And so I seem kind of excited about it. And t- to his credit, maybe this is the one nice thing the dirty man did throughout this whole experience was I got excited enough about working on on Brian's yacht that um, the dirty man 
had to clarify to me that uh, he said, um, uh, Brian wants to have sex with you. Oh, boy. Uh, which is, I think it's fine and beautiful that uh, people do that. Yes. Um, I had never done it um, with a man. And um, I mean, I had, I had thought about it and maybe had dreams about it, but. <laughs> the, Me too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Okay. And, but this was just very specific. <laughs> And it had to happen on a yacht. It had to happen on a yeah, on a boat. International waters. International waters. <laughs> and it was all sort of in order to save this struggling deli. <laughs> so um, I did think about it. Um, but then I said no. So the business continued to struggle. <laughs> Brian didn't hang around so anymore. It, yeah, did Brian disappear after that point? He did. Fuck! Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry for swearing like that. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, and and then I and then it, it all started to connect because I learned that um, he was actually a real estate agent for like criminal interests. Oh, mm. so there's a lot of overlap, right? Brian was a nice guy. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, relative really, to the dirty man. And yeah, maybe his he really friends. stuck out as a nice person, <laughs> but nowadays you might not think he's so great. Yeah, you're right. There's a spectrum here, <laughs> and yeah, he was pleasant enough. But then the the tall, injured MMA man, um, he started coming back at night, and um, he would make the dirty man drive around with them in his car at oh. night. Oh. And I didn't know what they were doing, and then uh, after a while I learned that um, the injured man worked for someone who really wanted to be a part of the business, <laughs> and was was taking the dirty man on these drives to sort of negotiate with him. And then was also demanding the information of some of our um, uh, members, some of the people who rented DVDs from our store. Weird. Like uh, the credit card information? No, I think sort of just like where they lived. Oof. To like, I don't I don't To maybe rob them? Yeah. Or maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I wanted to be friends with them. Just no, you didn't them, want to do sign that. Sign them up further. This is like an episode of The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Except yeah. not as organized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, confusion is a theme. It's all over the place. Um, so then eventually he started coming with um, his boss, mm-hmm. who was this um, straight out of a movie, a, a, a crime boss guy. I'm uh, not going to say his name. And he, he would come at night and um, the the dirty man also did graphic design. <laughs> Doesn't everyone <laughs> just to make ends meet? And so, the- I want to see that. I want to see what sort of stuff he did. It's all alien heads. <laughs> it's all dust. Everyone's wearing ever. really wide plush pants. <laughs> it says, "I met Delight one time." <laughs> um, oh. And so this this the crime the crime boss man. Um, was very interested in uh, competitive go-kart racing. Oh, my God. <laughs> this sounds like a Mad Lib. <laughs> and, just, like, insert bizarre thing. <laughs> just which, no, out. this happened at the plant store. Really? Where they Dang. were going to start getting into, like, wanted to open a go-kart thing. And, like, one <laughs> summer, all these guys were like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to buy go-karts. We're going to open up a go-kart thing. It's a strange overlap. Also very, I don't go on. Well, 
Um, I didn't know it was a thing. I don't think it is. It's definitely a thing that people that don't know what they're doing with their businesses do. Yeah, because I think I think all go kart racing is competitive. So. No, there's some just like so long, long track. Yeah. Like. So, um, so he was coming in at night to um, have the dirty man do the design work for his his logos and his uniforms. For his uh, competitive go kart team, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so this would happen. And then while they were doing that work, the MMA guy would be doing the Patrick Swayze thing in the deli with me. (laughs) Is his knee still broken? I think he was getting better. (laughs) You were helping him. (laughs) Yeah, our our love healed his knee. (laughs) He Uh, was getting better for you. Yeah. Um, And and so, but then eventually I learned that, I, I don't know if the graphic design was, I mean, it was a real need, but it was also just a way for this man to be present and kind of continue to express his desire to, to buy into the, the business. A failing business. A failing business. Um, <laughs> and what they explained was they, um, part of their business plan to save our business was that on our website, they we're going to put a banner for online pornography. Oh, cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Always <laughs> always legitimate and ethically done. <laughs> and um and then on the side they had an office where they had a bunch of people who just um went on the internet and clicked on these banners to like generate money. No. <laughs> so they wanted us to be part of this network of um Porn fraud? I don't know. This network of people who don't understand how internet works. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that was also a lie. I don't know. And so they kept insisting and um, eventually they came with some more men and and they said, we're going to buy in. Um, We're going to take out uh, $10,000 right now. We're going to give it to you and we're going to be co-owners. And this was after sort of several weeks of of the graphic design work. <laughs> and so we were all kind of standing around. It was very tense. And... <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> um, and so he said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to buy in. And he said, uh, so-and-so, the MMA guy, he's going to go to the bank right now. He's going to come back with the money. And I, I was not speaking during any of these negotiations. I was just sort of in the room. Uh, and the dirty man insisted I didn't want to be part of it. And uh, the MMA man said, okay, I'm going to go to the bank. But before I go to the bank, I should probably leave this here. And he pulled out uh, what I thought to be a very large handgun and and left it on the deli counter <laughs> Uh, and then, and then went to the bank and that's when I quit the job. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's uh, a good, good choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think the, one of the funny parts was, uh, at, at, at the end of all this, I, well, I had developed a stomach problem over the course of this year and eventually my doctors sent me in to get, um, like a stomach x-rays. Yeah. And, and bloody they, carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Too many bloody carrots. And uh, and and then and the X-rays came back. My doctor said, "Oh, you have a, a stomach irritation, and this is the kind of early onset of an of an ulcer, right. which is 
not normal for a man of your age. And he said, what's been going on in your life? And I, I basically told him this whole story, which he was pretty shocked by. And it, to his credit, this doctor listened to the whole thing. Many, many doctors don't listen. Um, Who would not listen to the story? It's great. Uh, but then he asked, and, and what are you eating? And I said, well, I get to eat for free at the deli. So I, I eat um, Capicoli sandwiches every day for lunch and dinner. And he laughed a lot and, <laughs> and uh, said, you can't, you can't only eat spicy meat. <laughs> but yeah, my, me and my rabbits got out safe. Oh, God. That's all I was worried about. I mean, I was worried about you, too. But obviously, you're sitting here <laughs> alive in front of us. Yeah. As soon as you said there was a ladder, I felt safer for the rabbits. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no dog knows how to climb a ladder. <laughs> Except, like, really smart. Yeah, not, a, not that dog. Yeah doesn't have the right body for it although now someone's gonna send me some like navy seal dog who can like <laughs> climb a rope ladder <laughs> wow what a thrill ride <laughs> so how long did you work there from beginning to end a little over a year it is so crazy like the way that the story starts like you're going through this huge thing things aren't going well in your life and then at that point you can't make the best decisions for yourself yeah. Also, you're young. you have like two animals you have to look after, probably not a lot of money. You're doing comedy, you're making art. It seems like an okay situation when you're in a bad place. Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of pluses to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did your friends at the time say to you? Were they uh, also in similar places in life and weren't aware that this was a very bad situation or an unfair situation yeah. that you would not be paid for? Did they, did they come and hang out? Um, well, we were producing comedy shows. Uh, almost every week. And so those were happening. I think I didn't, I think I wasn't sharing the full details of how much the business was struggling because I, I really hoped that it would become a, a place where comedy would have a permanent uh, home. But that became increasingly dangerous, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Did the shows happen at night where the deli was? Um, so there was the deli was in the front, and then there was a theater space in the back. Okay, that was sort of a lounge where you could eat your sandwich. <laughs> sandwich and, lounge. and and look at DVDs. Um, again, the business didn't really make sense. <laughs> Sounds like someone who did cocaine came up with. It. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe I never put that together. Yes, this the whole thing is a coke dream that. Was my retail nightmare. <laughs> Your yeah. reality. I feel like someone, he was like, well, what am I good at? <laughs> He's like, like what am I sandwiches? Three favorite things. I love movies. <laughs> and uh, throwing some graphic design and uh, online porn. <laughs> <laughs> and crimes. <laughs> I like how they're like, yeah, it's just going to be this innocent kind of thing where we're, we are generating ad revenue somehow. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> they would definitely have been making illegal porns. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know that. Okay. I'm yeah, still so a, naive. That is like a intense story. Yeah. I am really happy. Did you ever have any, like, what happened to the business or anything like that sort of story? Follow up, the dog, what happened to the dog? Did he eventually kill somebody? Oh, I don't, I don't know what the dog did. I know the business failed very quickly. Um, and, and a friend of mine who is sort of privy to a lot of this has done some research online and, and, and found that the, that there's, 
there's a small community of people online um, who have various business gripes with the dirty man. Okay. So he's run several bad businesses. Wow. I didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> and I'm just really glad you don't work there anymore. Yeah. Imagine you still did. We wouldn't be friends. <laughs> we would never have met because I wouldn't have eaten there. Yeah. They wouldn't, wouldn't have anything there that I could eat. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> did that experience kind of inform how you now look at the world in a particular way? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit wiser, um, but I think I'm still just as trusting. That's so, good, though. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I think maybe. the hardest thing is to lose that sort of faith or that trust in people that people are good. I'd rather go through all the shitty things and still have that than have one experience and think I've got the world by its tail and I don't trust anybody or give anybody a chance or yeah. see the bright side of things. Even if it means repeatedly <laughs> being taken advantage of. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't know. <laughs> I can't unsee the carrot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but for future, uh, have you had a dog at this point in life? No, still no dog. Um, would you get another rabbit? Rabbits seem like interesting. I I, I love rabbits. Um, I think I would, I I would want my, my life to be very stable Mm -hmm. because I had them for about five years and I'd I'd like to have rabbits for life. Rabbits for life. Yeah. That's a great dream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll tell my retail nightmare, but before that I wanted to just take a moment to talk about the go-karting thing. (laughs) So my old boss, Glenn, I hope you're not listening to this, Glenn. Thanks for always giving me a job when I decided I needed a job. Uh, But remember when you wanted to get into the go-karting business? What was that about? And he always had people that he's always looking for partners in the business and stuff. And he was really into Formula One racing. And uh, we would always do the outdoor decor for the Grand Prix in Montreal every summer. He would make no money from it, but he was just so in love with the culture of like... Fast cars. <laughs> Rich Europeans and fast cars. And there was the one time that we couldn't cash our paycheck because he bought a really expensive car. Cool. Oh, no. We just had to wait until Monday until things had all cleared. And this is not your retail nightmare? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, he got really into go-karting and he was in his 40s when this happened. And so I, I was in my early 20s. So now I'm in my early 40s. He was only a few years older than I am now, but he seemed ancient. So you totally get it now though like, no and you're like, super really into racing knees and yeah <laughs> really bad knees and he would get into these really high-powered go-karts and that was going to be the plan like they were going to invest in a go-kart and i remember just standing there thinking like how do i know this is a bad idea and i am 20 years younger than you are <laughs> <laughs> I'm and i'm like i'm living paycheck to paycheck just barely uh, but did yeah you, did you get to see the car i think that they wanted me to be enthusiastic about it and I just couldn't muster up the, the – I think I was invited to go go-karting. And my only go-kart memory was from when I was a child. And I was on a go-kart with my dad and my leg slipped. And my little baby foot touched the wheel and got like a really bad burn from Oof. the wheel. And stuff like that always happened in the early – like late 70s, early 80s. Like I got cigarette burns all the time from like going too close to – everyone just was always smoking. A lot of polyester. Also, no just helmets. Montreal. 
Yeah. I've gotten cigarette burns in the last few years there. Like the dress, actually, the dress that I'm wearing in the the cover art for this podcast has a big old cigarette burn in the back. Oh, yeah. From a previous guest, Rennie Wilson. Rennie. <laughs> that's why I was like, if I wear it in this, it'll be like immortalized because I can't wear it anymore because it's got a big hole. My boss from the same place. This is my retail nightmare. And I, I'm surprised I haven't told this. And I, I think it's because it's hard to describe it. And maybe I did tell it. But the uh, my boss lived on top of the store in Old Montreal that I worked at. He had a beautiful loft. It was so beautiful. It was the coolest most beautiful apartment to any 20 year old brain that you could ever imagine. He decorated himself and had always dating models and stuff. And then downstairs uh, was the store. And then downstairs from that was this garden. And we go out there and plant things and get them ready for customers. And it was a boiling hot summer day. And I was planting something or moving probably like a hundred pound plant by myself. And I looked up and my shirt had fallen open and I looked up and my boss and all of his friends were silently watching me plant <laughs> this thing with my shirt, like half off, not knowing. <laughs> and I remember just being like so embarrassed and thinking these like dirty fucking rich men and punch them in the ball sack. Mm. That sounds but like I needed my job. Sounds like a, a blue nuit. Oui, c'est un episode de blue nuit. On va faire de sexe ensemble. <laughs> Gross. Mm, dégueulasse. <laughs> Jessica, do you have a, a nightmare? I was going to tell one, and it was just, it's really short and really dark, uh, but I came up with another one while you two were talking about <laughs> yours, which is my former boss decided when the business was slow that he wanted to start selling uh, e-cigs. Is that legal? I don't know. <laughs> we tried to deter him from it, and eventually uh, he dropped the idea. But he was pretty—he <laughs> was pretty adamant that this was going to be what saved the business. And I was like, I will not work in a store where I have to sell e-cigs, yeah, and vape juice. Can you imagine the discussions, like on top of the RD? Like, there's a lot. I uh, was a, a client of that store for years. And uh, I got to see the level of customer service was very high from all <laughs> staff there. But you guys dealt with some pretty weird, weird people already. Now yeah, people that are obsessed with e cigs vape juice. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that the proper English term for it? vape juice? Yeah, that's disgusting. There's I don't know how proper my house it is. It's called Vapor King, it. I think, or yeah. Vape King. The, fascinating. It's amazing to think that there would be a because I just <laughs> drove royalty across Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the queen? Uh, it's sexist, like right off the bat. I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> what if I want to shop here? Yeah, should be the vape monarchy <laughs> like i just drove across canada and i hadn't done it for two years and the last time i went across e-cigs and vaping wasn't a thing but now you'll you'll pull into the same town you've been to a few times and where there used to be a little mom and pop shop now there's a vape store just vape vapes have swept the nation do you have any friends that vape sean um, I think uh, Taz Van Rassel. <laughs> he, I Did believe, he have a vape phase. I Is believe he vape vaped cake? for half of a, th a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he vaped very briefly. Um, that's the only person I really know who vapes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think it, like they haven't proven that it's healthier than smoking. 
but it's less smelly than smoking. Yeah. Well, some of those weird juices smell terrible. Do they? It smells like, you know how a smoke machine smells sort of like maple syrup, but really fake and chemically and even though it's not smoke, it still makes you cough and your throat dry. Yeah. Just mm. from inhaling it. Uh, how yeah, close are you like to that. the smoke machine? <laughs> uh, did you not notice at my party, though, there was some vaping happening? No. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was uh, not a cigarette, though. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> the worst present ever from the family Sean, welcome back to this podcast. <laughs> um, have you ever received a present that was not something that a you expected, needed, or liked from somebody, an ex, a family member type person? Yeah. So this is a this is a gift that at the outset I thought it was a, a very bad gift, but then um, as I've turned into an adult. I think it was actually pretty good. Um, but there's a lot of time in between. And um, it was when I was very young, I, I really wanted to go to summer camp. I wanted to go to the summer camp where you could stay overnight. Um, my parents would never let me. And then when I was 11, um, this is in Guelph, Ontario, they told me that I was going to get to go to sunshine camp, oh. uh, which sounds amazing. Sounds religious. Does. <laughs> and... It wasn't overnight, but I got to go outside of town okay, and, and come back after the day had ended. And so I was very excited by this. Um, and it was only for five days, but uh, they said that there was going to be horses there. Oh. And that that was a bit unexpected because I had never expressed any interest in horses. But <laughs> I really liked sports. And this seemed like a sport, so... Um, Horses seemed like a sport. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they run. Polo, I guess. Yeah, you just run with them. Yeah, you run with <laughs> them. <laughs> um, you race the horse. <laughs> and, and so I went to, to Sunshine Camp, and um, there was not horses. There was horse. <laughs> there, there was a horse. And it, it was kind of just this family's, like, country home. And there was a horse, and you couldn't, you couldn't get on it, hmm. and you couldn't touch it. Hmm. <laughs> you could just kind of look at it. Um, <laughs> and then there was about twenty other kids, and all the activities were very like low energy, <laughs> which it didn't fit with. Like I thought, I really like sports, and I, I was kind of expecting that. And so I was kind of confused by that on the first day, and then I went home, and then on the second day. Um, I was taking it all in, and um, and I realized that um, all of the children uh, at Sunshine Camp um, had either a um, physical or mental disability. Okay. And um, so I noticed this on the second day, and I sort of took that in, and I I didn't know what to. Yeah, like at school, I I didn't really ever fit in, and. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't know what was happening, and I didn't know if I was learning something about myself <laughs> at at Sunshine Camp. Or perhaps how other people saw you. Yeah, or perhaps how other people saw me. That's sure. a good point. Yeah. And so then every night I would go home, and I'd have dinner with my parents, and I would try to sort of muster the courage to ask <laughs> if I was special. Yeah. And I... I didn't do it. I just, I just sort of, I just didn't do it. I kept going back to the camp, 
And it was just a great camp. And so the five days passed and I had a great time. And it was a great experience. And then about, you know, 12 or 13 years later, (laughs) I told this story to my partner at the time. And she was like, but wait, but what? What what happened? Why? And so when I went home for Christmas that year, and I'm in my 20s now, I I asked my parents over Christmas dinner, I said... (laughs) Do you remember Sunshine Camp? <laughs> and they they kind of looked at each other with these smiles, and they're like, "Yeah." And I said, well, "Why? Why did you send me to Sunshine Camp?" <laughs> and this this says a lot about my parents. They're kind of a bit hippy dippy. They said, uh, "Well, we just thought that it would be good for you as a person to." spend time with people who have different experiences for sure than you wow and so i don't know if they lied on the application (laughs) and then but my mom's a chemist and my dad did like philosophy so it's also kind of a weird experiment that i feel like they did with me totally (laughs) but i think it i think it made me more aware (laughs) for sure the fact that Quite you, lovely. it took you 12 or 13 years to ever ask about it, I think, like, really speaks to, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, how I asked my parents if I was adopted, because my brother had convinced me that I was adopted, and I believed it for many years. Whoa. And then I was six or seven when I asked, and they're like, no. Whoa. You're not you adopted. You just internalized it yeah. for yeah. so many years. Oh, my brother laughed so hard. Oh, <laughs> Sunshine That's camp. a sunshine camp. I was just worried it was going to be religious the whole time. Mm. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, that's so much better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Did you want to read the letter? Yeah. Oh, well, I've got one, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. It was my 30th birthday last week. Happy uh, birthday. Thank, happy, thank happy you. Belated. Yeah. Feels great. I'm not going to say who gave me this, but I'm going to say it's someone who gave birth to me. <laughs> <laughs> Your birth mother. Uh, not my words. <laughs> I received a box of 144 straws. I love straws. Oh. I love straws. You can have some. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Very confusing. Is there present. any reason why you got straws? I don't know. Are they fancy paper straws? They are paper straws. Okay. So they're just mm. like a fancy, usable, biodegradable thing. You like stuff like that. Things that don't cause waste. That's true, but I... I prefer, like, I have a metal straw. But you can't share it. Maybe she knew you were having a party. I didn't use a single straw at that party. I was waiting for a straw (laughs) to be offered. You could have asked. It's in the bar. (laughs) It's just tucked away. I didn't want to think about it. But yeah. You could use three a week for a year. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people have been doing some some calculations for me. (laughs) Because my boss asked me how many straws I use in a year. On average, and I, I figured about four. So then he calculated how long it would take me to use them all. And uh, it'll be past the age of retirement. <laughs> wow. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. Maybe I'll open a lemonade Paper stand. Paper straws are different, too. And they look really pretty in a cup at a party. And people can have fun straws. I'm sorry that I didn't give you a straw. Well, <laughs> I did just drink a liter of coconut water by myself. Um, yeah, the straw would have just fallen into the bottle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing about paper straws, though, is they they, they moisten t- up quick. Yeah, they don't last. They're paper as long as it <laughs> takes me to drink a drink, and then they taste weird. But mm. as a child, I loved 
gnawing on paper. So maybe my mom remembers that. Oh, yeah. whoops. I gave it away. It's my mom. <laughs> Thanks, Lorna. Uh, okay. Uh, do you have one? <laughs> I have a few from the internet. So from Nick, I'm sorry, Nick. I think I'm going to say your last name wrong. So Nick, you My brother once bought me the movie Cowboy and Aliens on Blu-ray and made me feel bad for me. And Cowboy him. versus Aliens? Wait a second. My brother once bought me the movie Cowboy and Aliens. <laughs> Is that the name of it? I don't know that one. It could be a different one. I'll look it on up. On Blu-ray, and it made me feel bad for me and him. So maybe that's the worst present ever? That's, I don't really understand, Nick. It sounds It's Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford, I think. Yeah. Those are two handsome fellows. Two Cowboy very rugged men. Cowboy and Aliens sounds less violent than Cowboys versus Aliens. Oh, no, yeah. It's cow- it is Cowboys and Aliens. Yep. Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford. And then a bunch of people, I don't know, Clancy Brown. (laughs) (laughs) He also wrote, again, so we'll give this another try with Nick. I once gave my eldest brother a box of rocks for Christmas. In this story, I'm the antagonist. I was seven. That's pretty good. Tony (laughs) Cliff. are cool. Yeah. Tony Cliff sent a video we're just going to have to post to the Facebook page. It's a set of shot glasses that his parents brought back from Mexico that are so hideous. They're in the shape of, of, of faces. And uh, they have eyeballs, and they're hand-blown glass. I'll just show you guys the video. Very ugly. They look like tiny bongs. (laughs) Yeah, they look like tiny bongs. They really do. What about you, Jessica? You've got a letter from a fan? I have a letter from a listener, an email. Uh, It's great. It's a little bit long, and she gave us permission to paraphrase it. So I'm just going to sort of cut, cut. The fat, not that there's any fat in here. Anyway, I'm going to paraphrase. Okay, so this is from Catherine, and she is a trans woman. And when she was in early puberty, she, on Christmas morning, which she was really looking forward to, opened her stocking and found a razor, which I'm guessing was like one of those Gillette-style, like, man razors. And then she got kind of, she had like an existential moment where she realized that she was eventually going to grow a beard and that was right. probably the most stressful thing. So, yeah, that would present mm. would be like just this huge, I'm just guessing that you are a woman and your body is not in agreement with that and you're facing puberty where it's just like everything's about to happen, that kind of pressure and fear. The amount of That is hormones the, a terrible that are, present to yeah. receive, yeah. But then also trying to like be like, thanks, mom and dad, I mean Santa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's really rough. Yeah. But thank you for sharing that. She seems to be doing pretty well these days. The rest of the email goes on to describe really cool stuff. So thank you for that email. It was so nice. I read it when I was having a tough day. Hopefully by the time this comes out I will have responded to it. <laughs> <laughs> Too many emails. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks for sharing that story with us. Also, I like your drawing at Come Draw with me. Yeah, it was really good. Well, this brings us to the last segment in our podcast, uh, and some may say the most important, but not, <laughs> not me, though. I say it. Yeah. I say it every day when yeah, I wake like, up. You just make it Puppo podcast. I me. do squats, and I go, Puppo's most important. <laughs> <laughs> I beg Pleppo for more Puppo. <laughs> and then Jay is like, why are you awake at 6 a.m.? Why are you squatting <laughs> on me? <laughs> Puppo uh, <laughs> John, do you have a Papo of the week? Yeah, um, it's it's the same uh, 
as it is every week, which is there's a this wonderful orange cat that lives uh, next door to my apartment building, and uh, they love to sit on the sidewalk. And what I love about this cat is I, I, I see them almost every day, and uh, we'll talk. So I'll I'll say meow. <laughs> Uh, like and, that? N- no. I go like, I go, meow. <laughs> That's better. So I do that. And then, and then they have so much to say. Back. That's, okay. That's my favorite kind of cat. And they, they, they're present. They, there's eye contact, but there's very rarely any, um, physical interaction, very little physical affection. But there's been a handful of times when I've seen the cat. And I was having a hard time yeah. emotionally. And this cat will talk to me and then climb up on the fence and then jump on <gasps> I know this cat. My back. You know this I've cat. I've seen a video of it jumping on too. Aaron's back. <gasps> <laughs> I want to meet it so bad. <laughs> oh, I love this cat. Does he live in the house with the cutout fence? I think so. I know this cat too. <sighs> yeah. He's amazing. This cat is the stuff of legend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen him in years. But when I used to live around 15th Avenue, I used to see him more often. Yeah, beautiful. Such a nice, emotionally sensitive cat. Mm-hmm. That's the best. <laughs> when an animal knows that you're not having a good time and then they they like take it upon themselves to make your day, it's the best. Yeah, they kind of break it up. Yeah. They're like, hey, there's other people that need to be pet <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, just headbutt you. And you're like, okay, yeah, you're yeah, right. This you. is more important. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I have uh, three quick puppos. <laughs> three quick ones. They all happened within, oh, four. <laughs> four. Um, I think I got spring fever a little bit late this season. Like, I think it like bypassed me until this week where I just, Tomorrow is September. <laughs> I know, but I just started noticing all the cute boys at once. And I feel like such a gross pig. But, um, of course, I'm not. Like, it doesn't bleed into real life i'm not a sexist and i'm not objectifying men except oh, for maybe, maybe the air conditioning guy that came in today a little keanu bit. reeves also keanu reeves. <laughs> no but i want to be keanu reeves friend first i know yeah um, <laughs> then wife and then if something is their chemistry we could switch um <laughs> so i was getting back from graham clark's laugh gallery i do the door there every week and then i usually uh get home and everything's cool uh but there was a skunk on my little front yard <gasps> and i love skunks and uh so I was uh, worried that he's going to spray me. So I took a stand back and I stopped a jogger from running right into him. And she's like, thanks. And then I went to uh, stop, tell this guy that was coming, who was very cute, which is really hard for me to talk to a cute person. Uh, so I was like, this is going on. And then it turned out he had earphones on. He thought I was just smiling at him. And so he just smiled at me and made eye contact and then walked past me. And at the same time, my favorite white cat was trying to get into a fight with a little tabby. So I broke it up. Oh, it's wow. just so much at once. And they're all puppos. All puppos. Yeah. Yeah. Even that jogger, she was so fast. <laughs> she changed course so quickly. She's like, thanks. And uh, it's good. She's probably like pumped from the Olympics. She's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I can be running at night smart and no one can see you in the way that if you want privacy. Yeah, but it's but bad it's because good, of cars. Yeah, can't good see to go you. in like a an illuminated area. Yeah. Illuminati area. Yeah. I used to. Not be able to sleep, and so I would go for runs at night. I would go for like an hour long run just up Broadway and uh, p- 
police cars would stop and pull up next to me and be like, are you all right, ma'am? I'd be like, I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> what? Yeah. Maybe it was your technique. Yeah, I'm sure it's terrible. <laughs> I'm sure I look like a mess. Yeah, maybe you had a really frantic gait. <laughs> I just I just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> um, thank God those days are over. I'm excited about your papo. Yeah, I got a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this happened yesterday. I was walking home from work, and uh, it was about 4.30 in the afternoon, and I saw right in front of me on the sidewalk, there was a little baby squirrel. Okay, don't worry, because I'm just going to spoil her. Everything turns out to be fine. I don't want anyone to worry that this squirrel is dead. Uh, so I found the squirrel. It was unconscious. and How big was he? Mm, like as big. As a stick of butter. As a little sandwich. Um <laughs> Uh, I looked it up afterwards and found out he's probably seven weeks old. Uh, So I immediately bent down because there's been a couple squirrels that I found recently that have not been able to uh, get help. And so I will just gently lay a microfiber cloth over them, which you saw. Uh, But (laughs) Wait, the squirrels were dead? In the past, but this one was alive. It was just unconscious. And so what I think what happened is it probably fell out of a very tall tree that it was beneath. And it was just laying there on the sidewalk and I could see that it was breathing. And so I immediately bent down and I phoned Jay because I was just two doors down from where I lived. And I was like, Jay, bring a box. There's a squirrel. It's hurt. Uh, And then a woman was parking and she saw what happened and she was a nurse and she phoned the SPCA Squirrel for nurse. me. Yeah. She was like, I'm an, a human nurse, but it freaks me out more when animals are hurt because you can't ask them what's wrong. And so at first it looked like the squirrel was maybe like its legs were broken cause it wasn't using its back legs. And so we put it in this box and we drove it to the emergency, the animal emergency center, which we had been directed to from the SBCA and everyone there was amazing. So the squirrel yeah. is not just my only puppo. Also everyone who works at the animal emergency center, they're so cool. Like all, all the nurses and all the vets were amazing. They just like, also the box that I had to use, <laughs> we don't really have a lot of boxes. It's a very small apartment. So I was like, Jay, get the recycling bin. <laughs> so it was the recycling bin is, uh, that we used up until recently was just a an alcohol box that our friend had covered in craft paper and then it said J on the front with some <laughs> some uh, gold stars around it and that was J mastered a, an album for CITR and that was his gift. It was full of booze. Uh, but then I kept it sort of as a passive aggressive way to be like, remind Jay to take out the recycling because the box says his name on it. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we brought this baby squirrel to the animal ER in and they asked if they could keep it. And I was like, yeah, you can keep the recycling bin. Jay recycling bin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it was delivered in that box, I feel like they think maybe the squirrel's name is Jay. Uh, but anyway, by the time we got him there, it was only like 20 minutes after we we found him. I found him. Um, he was alert and he was standing on all his legs. So his legs weren't broken. And I think I, I did some internet research and what happens a lot is when squirrels are so young, they do fall out of trees and usually they're fine, but they're dazed for a little while. And usually in that time, like a cat or a dog will get at them. (gasps) So 
the woman who admitted the squirrel was like, you just saved the squirrel's life. And I was like, (laughs) Uh, so we phoned today and the squirrel's doing good. They gave, uh, it's a boy. They gave him uh, like food and water and rest and just observed him. And now he's at the uh, BC uh, Wildlife Rescue Association or Foundation or whatever it is, which I follow on uh, Instagram. So I'm really hoping that the squirrel's going to show up in my feed. Hmm. But the downside of this whole thing, I mean, it's not a downside. It was just a weird repercussion is that I felt like barfing for the next like five hours because mm-hmm. I had so much like adrenaline pumping through me that I was like, I have to save this baby squirrel. Also, it was so fun picking it up. <laughs> so tiny. I know you're not supposed to like touch animals, so I put on a pair of gloves to put it in, and it didn't weigh anything. It was barely anything. And usually a squirrel would not let you pick it up, but this guy was like, yeah, you should probably put me in this box. <laughs> I'm all fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so I'll post a photo of it, which uh, I took right when I found him, right when he was waking up, and he looks a little rough. So pretty. But he's so mm-hmm. cute. Like He barely even has a tail yet. It's just like a half tail. So beautiful. I love the squirrel. Squirrels are amazing. I did a squirrel quiz on CBC for kids. It's their kids' quizzes. And I <laughs> thought I would know everything about squirrels, and I didn't. It's a great quiz if you want to learn about squirrels. Their brains, guess how big they are? Bigger than mine. The size of a walnut. So look at how small a squirrel's head is. It's all brain. They're so smart. Huh. And they The walnut without its shell? With its shell. That's like bigger than a squirrel's head. Is their brain in their Maybe butt? it's a small walnut. Anyways, uh, Sean, if people want to find you online, where can they look you up? Um, I don't have a, a website. Um, <laughs> what about a Twitter? I don't have a Twitter what or about, Instagram. What about okay. a shit Harper did? Yeah, there's that, but that doesn't, it doesn't it's matter a anymore. out of date. <laughs> um, I have Facebook. Yeah. And then I'm doing uh, shows oh. um, October 7th and 8th. Cool. At the China Cloud. That's great. Nice. And October 13th at the Comedy Bar in Toronto. Oh, great. Yeah. That's great. Go see Sean perform. He's a delightful, uh, unique, and very, very funny man. You'll get spoil, your, spoil your brain. <laughs> spoil your walnut brains. Uh, Jessica, I know you guys have set some of your tour up for the US of A. Yeah, this comes out. September 12th, so I got nothing going on, Uh, (laughs) but I'm going to be in USA, USA, um, in a couple weeks, so check me out there. (laughs) I'm going to start off in the top part of US. Hold on. (laughs) Go to Jay Arner on Facebook. We'll post all our tour dates there. Uh, I have come draw with me on September 23rd. And I think I'm on the Hero Show in early October. But <gasps> yeah, if you like the podcast, um, I don't know how we got on the list, but we are we are voted for we're voted to be nominated for a Canadian Comedy Award for Best Podcast. So you can go to CanadianComedyAwards.org, I believe it is, and vote for us. You can vote for up to five podcasts, and some of our favorite ones are on there as well. And yeah, and if you like the podcast, give us a, a, a five star rating on iTunes. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Thank you for being a guest. Please come back and tell us more stories. (laughs) Yeah, that was just one. Yeah, I can't even wait. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you to Jessica for always being a great co-ghost. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye Bye-bye.